everybody. Welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen, and today is March 19th. Today we're going to begin Section 28 of the Doctrine and Covenants. Now, Section 28 is a very interesting section. It was given because a member at the time, he was actually the son-in-law of Peter Whitmer, had a seer stone. Now, seer stones, as we know, were not unusual in the time. We know that Joseph used his seer stone to receive revelations. And we also know that people in that day believed in objects that could help direct them towards revelation. Now, revelation didn't come from these objects. That wouldn't make sense. Revelation always comes from God. However, these objects were a place for them to focus their faith in order for revelation to come. Seer stones were very very common in this day and age, as well as things like divining rods to find water. When we look at these kind of things in the context of our modern day understanding, it seems weird, it seems crazy, it seems unimaginable. However, we need to look at church history through a lens of history and not through a lens of our modern day understanding. And the lens of history in New York 1830 was that a seer stone was a very common thing. And so here you have Hiram Page, who has his own seer stone. Now, I don't know that we really know a lot about Hiram Page and his seer stone. I don't know if he had used it in the past to find water or other things. However, we do know that at some point when he was living with the Whitmers, he used his seer stone to receive two separate revelations that he said came from God. Now, these weren't personal revelations. That would be one thing. But these were revelations that he said were for the church as a whole. And that's where he's getting himself into trouble here. He's not understanding how revelation comes to the world from our Father in heaven. Now, let me be clear. It is very important that each of us obtain revelation for ourselves. Revelation of truth. However, we are not entitled to receive revelation for anyone outside of our stewardship. And it was clear that this was not accurate revelation, that this revelation didn't come from our Father in heaven. Now, one thing that is essential to understand is that as a church, as a people, we believe in embracing truth, truth from any source, because there is only one truth, and it's a grand eternal truth that comes from our Father in heaven. And so we embrace it. In fact, Joseph Smith once said, one of the grand fundamental principles of Mormonism is to receive truth. Let it come from whence it may. However, it's important to be able to differentiate truth from error. And Joseph Smith knew, based on what was inside of these revelations, that it was not from our Father in heaven, because it didn't fit inside what we know to be truth. And that's also a very important principle for us to understand, because sometimes I feel like the adversary will try to trick us. We'll try to counterfeit revelation or inspiration in order to pull us astray or to have us do something apart from what truth would teach us. But we can always have faith and trust to know that our Father in Heaven will never lead us astray like that. This is just a tiny, small example, but I had a companion on my mission who would often break the rules and say that she felt inspired to break the rules. And I had to often remind her of this, that our Father in Heaven doesn't reveal something to us if it's counter to His plan. 
if it's counter to his laws or to his commandments. And that's how Joseph knew that these revelations were false and that Hiram Page had been deceived because the things found inside of them were not compatible with the truth. Now, something else interesting about this section is a lot of it is about Hiram Page and these revelations that were given to him that were outside of the truth. However, the revelation was given to Oliver Cowdery. I think it's because Oliver Cowdery had been deceived by these revelations. He believed that they were true. And so this revelation is given to Oliver Cowdery. And in that revelation, it says, And again thou shalt take thy brother Hiram Page between him and thee alone, and tell him that those things which he hath written from the stone are not of me, and that Satan deceived him. For behold, these things have not been appointed unto him, neither shall they be appointed unto any of this church, contrary to the church covenants. For all things must be done in order and by common consent in the church by the prayer of faith. So then the question becomes, how can we recognize counterfeits? How can we see truth for what it really is? Elder Sorensen once told a story, and he said, There was a man who worked for the United States Treasury Department. One evening at a press conference following his breaking up of a major counterfeit ring, one of the reporters directed this statement to him. You must spend a lot of time studying counterfeit bills to recognize them so easily. His reply to this was, No, I don't ever study counterfeit bills. I spend my time studying genuine bills. Then the imperfection is easy to recognize. Now, I absolutely love that analogy, that the more we study truth from true sources, the easier it is to not be deceived. Satan, for centuries, has been trying to counterfeit truth, trying to counterfeit the things of our Father in Heaven in order to deceive. If you'll remember the story of Moses when he goes before the Pharaoh and demands that he let God's people go, he turns his staff to a snake. And then the magicians, this counterfeit priesthood, does the same. He turns the water to blood. The magicians do the same. He puts a curse of frogs on the land. The magicians do the same. And so each time that happened, each time there was a counterfeit for God's power, it hardened the Pharaoh's heart even more. And we see that throughout the scriptures, and we see it in our day now, where the adversary is trying to counterfeit truth. I feel like I've seen this more and more in the church recently. People who profess to believe in the church, to believe in God, to believe in the doctrines, and yet they believe and follow things spoken by men and women who are not prophets and apostles. It's the counterfeits of the adversary that are trying to deceive. But that's where the story that Elder Sorensen told comes into play. We can recognize counterfeits not by studying the counterfeits. We recognize them by studying the truth, the genuine. And the more we study the word of God, both through the scriptures and through the words of the prophets, we can come to know truth for ourselves. And as we become better acquainted with it, as we begin to understand what it feels like and what it sounds like and what it looks like, then as counterfeit things come along, we can recognize them for what they are. In fact, that's the same principle as the sword of the spirit that we learned about yesterday. One of our weapons is the sword of the spirit, is the word of God. Just like we read yesterday in Joseph Smith, Matthew 1, 
Those who treasure up the word of God will not be deceived. President Nelson once promised, My dear brothers and sisters, I promise that as you prayerfully study the Book of Mormon every day, you will make better decisions every day. I promise that as you ponder what you study, the windows of heaven will open and you will receive answers to your own questions and direction for your own life. I promise that as you daily immerse yourself in the Book of Mormon, you can be immunized against the evils of the day. My friends, that is the answer. That is how we come to know truth from error, God's way from counterfeits. We come to recognize counterfeits as we immerse ourselves in truth. As you and I come to recognize revelation given to us personally, we're immunized against the counterfeits of the adversary as he tries to trick us. As we come to recognize what true prophets and apostles say and their true message, we become immunized against people who say or think that they're speaking the Lord's will. And as we immerse ourselves in the Book of Mormon, we become immunized against the evils of the day. I testify that that is true, that the adversary's tactics haven't changed over the years, that he is still trying to counterfeit truth, but that as we learn the word of God and pay attention to those who preach it, we can recognize truth from error. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.